Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. Last night I was laying in bed and I was thinking about the trees that were destroyed in the flood. And I thought of a couple illustrations that might clarify how there could be an olive branch so quickly when everything was destroyed. So things were destroyed, but it's amazing how quickly stuff comes back to life. So I thought of an illustration that might make it clear in your mind. So one time we were cutting down a tree in our yard and we cut down a big portion of the main trunk. We had cut off all the limbs, all the top. Then there was a section from where the limbs down to the trunk was left and we cut right off at the base. And so there was a large log that fell over in our yard. We didn't get to it right away as far as we were gonna chop it up for wood for the furnace. And it was laying there and it wasn't super long that amazingly without any bit of that log being attached to the roots anymore, several trees started growing out of the side of the trunk. You see the trunk now is laying completely sideways on the ground and straight up from that trunk, or trees growing out. I, I couldn't believe it. I just, I'm like, there's not even roots and this is not even going through the ground. That's how quickly you, things can get destroyed and so fast it, there's regrowth and rebirth. So the Bible doesn't contradict itself. And I, I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about that and I thought I need to pass it on. And then another thing I was thinking about that was so exciting, and I know I mentioned it, but that covenant that God made with Noah and his sons the Bible says, and to their seed. And you know, that's us. We were there. We were in that covenant. Now, were we alive then? No, but we were part of that covenant. And the covenant is on God's side. But I was thinking, boy, I want to be one that doesn't make God want to destroy the earth again. I want to live right since he made that covenant with us. And and uh, it was just something that popped in my mind. And then I... I can you tell I was awake for a while last night for a little bit just thinking? I was thinking about how we were talking last time about capital punishment. And in this passage here in Genesis 9, it talks about two issues. One, it says, God says, I want you, you to uh, multiply and fill the earth. Then in the same passage, he says, when somebody kills somebody, they have to be killed. He incorporated capital punishment. And I thought, you know, isn't it ironic that today most people who are against capital punishment are for abortion? That is just an oxymoron. Like, why are you against capital punishment and yet you're for killing innocent babies. You're against killing somebody who killed somebody, and you're for killing a baby who's 
done nothing wrong and is in the womb. But that's our society, and that's what happens when we go away from God. When a society pulls away from God, everything opposite to what is good and what is right happens. So that was my midnight musings, I guess we can call them. But now we're into Genesis 9.18. We've gone through the passage of the rainbow, and in Genesis 9.18 it says, And the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Ham is the father of Canaan. So the reason this is mentioned is because Canaan, I believe, is a part of this next story that's going to come out. When the Bible says they went forth from the ark, and then verse 19, these are the three sons of Noah, and of them the whole earth overspread. There's many years in between here. This is not the day of of they get up off the ark and all of a sudden the earth is overspread. No, this is many, many years have passed by because when we see later Ham's descendants are listed, Canaan is listed as a younger son. He's not the oldest. And this here is re- referencing Canaan because he's already in the picture. Now, of course, we know this was written with uh, Moses. So Canaan, of course has been a part of the picture. So it may be that it was, a, uh, what's going to be said here is prophecy, but I believe that Canaan's, Canaan's already born. I believe he's part of what's going to happen to follow. That's just my opinion. It's not sp- specifically expressed here, but you'll see as we read the story why I say that. So in verse 20, it says, And Noah began to be a husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. So the idea of a husbandman, he's a farmer. He starts planting plants. Why would he do that? Because he did it before the flood. He planted before the flood, and after the flood, he, he plants again. And again, we see here, he's already able to plant a lot of stuff. Things are already growing. This is not the day after he gets out of the boat. Even though as we read the Bible, the Bible cannot record every day of history. So it... it it doesn't mean because it's one thing after another that time hasn't passed. Time has passed here. So he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. So I would like to talk a little bit about the word wine first here, the wine in the Bible. So when we see the word wine, it doesn't mean wine like we mean it today as in like we call grape juice from the store grape juice you know and then we call it wine fermented wine in the bible any product of the of a vine of of grapes or anything from the vine is called wine so jelly could be called wine uh, grape juice could be called wine and fermented wine called wine so how can we know when wine is bad? You know, the Bible says wine is a mocker, and don't even look at it when it turns itself. So there's certain times that wine is not listed as bad, and there's certain times that it is okay. For one, when it, there's something bad associated with it, it's fermented wine. That's a big big key and there are times when wine is listed and there's it's not fermented 
And we'll see that in the parables of Jesus. There's a very exciting story when he turned water into wine. Jesus did not turn water into wine, what would make Noah drunk here. What God says is horrible. God himself is not going to make something that's going to turn somebody into being drunk. And we'll see that uh, when we get to that story. Now, there's also the idea of wine with medicine. Why does the Bible not say, thou shalt not drink wine? Because wine, when it's fermented, is good for when you're sick. So we have NyQuil. You go to the store, you get NyQuil. You don't get a liquor tax on NyQuil when you go there because it's medicine. And so that God made allowances for because he knew man would need that sometime for medicine. And that's what Paul was telling Timothy, drink a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thy often infirmities. So he's not saying, go out, go to the bar when, you, when you're not feeling good. No, no, no. If that were the case, there wouldn't be all these other passages that talks about the destructiveness of wine and when it's fermented and it's used for pleasure. So a rule of thumb is wine that's fermented should not be um, it partake partaken of for pleasure. So if you're just going to have a beer to have a beer, that's not okay. That's not what the Bible says is okay. And beer doesn't make you feel better either. The drunkard thinks it does, but beer does not. And so when we're sick, we don't go get, grab a beer. We go grab NyQuil. That's the difference. So here we're going to see the destructiveness of fermented wine. Ladies, I know ladies who are are drunkards. They look okay. Oh, they look fine. You wouldn't know it because they hold themselves together in some way, but they their lives are a wreck. I know of one who lost custody of her kids because of it. And you know what she drank? She drank wine. That's what she drank. It, it disgusts me to see these ads for gigantic wine bottles, and it's always a woman holding that. Why? Why? So we can have mothers who are drunks, wives who are drunks. We need to stay away from wine, and here is one example why. So it says, he drank wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. So wine makes you do things that, you would normally never do. How many people are embarrassed by what they said or what happened whenever they were drunk? Do you know that uh, if a guy and a girl are drinking together and he tries to uh, have sex with her and she agrees that the next morning she can wake up and say, no, I didn't agree because I was drunk. I can't say, I can't give consent because I was drunk. This is the danger of wine. We need to stay away from wine. That man's in big trouble because the woman wasn't clear enough to even say what was right or wrong. But let's look at the woman. So why get drunk then? Because you could say anything. Anything can come out of your mouth. And, and everything is all okay? No, it's not. You live with a lot of problems. We were watching a, a home building show recently, 
and it was sad because it was really neat what they were doing with the house and and they were doing all this stuff and they ran across a problem a big problem and so all of a sudden they were going to have to pay a lot more money for fixing up the house then they ran into another problem and it was all in one day and at the end of the day the husband and wife said to each other we just need to go get a beer and so they went and they got a beer and they said life is horrible and we're going to spend all this money but at least we have beer okay i'm i'm sitting there watching that and i'm saying you're running out of money you don't have money but you're going to spend money on something that's not going to make your mind clear you're going to spend more money on something that's just makes you dull our world is so messed up and i can't encourage you more than i i i if i could crawl through this microphone and say to you face to face stay away from wine you'll hear this over and over in passages that we read before we get into what happened with noah and and how he became uncovered in the tent is terrible i'd like to while we have a couple minutes left i'd like to talk about a speculation of why noah got drunk noah was a godly man and this is speculation but before the flood there's the canopy and we know things did not age the same way as after the flood men lived to 900 noah even after the flood because his his uh body had not been damaged by the sun lived for a very long time still that was true of plants and and fruit as well i believe they didn't need refrigeration that long because it was a perfect uh environment so you didn't have things fermenting fermenting in my opinion i believe noah planted a vineyard he made wine as he always did he made grape juice as he always did they stored it on the counter if you go uh, overseas we visited switzerland one time and they store their grape juice on the counter and it's fine it's not fermented it, it's strong good grape juice but it's not wine well, i believe he stored it wherever he normally stored it he goes to drink it and there's something different now because the rays of the sun are hotter things are fermenting quick quicker things are rotting quicker so in my opinion i don't believe that Noah purposely made wine and got drunk. I believe that this was something that he didn't realize would happen and came it it came upon him as something that was new. That's just speculation, but Noah was a good man and something horrible happens to him and he still does what's right afterwards and that's why it's of my opinion that it was due to the quicker fertilization of uh, for not fertilization, fermentation of things after the canopy was gone from the earth heavenly father i pray if there's anybody listening today that is tempted by wine let them please put it away today let us have clear minds to serve you and praise you this day thank you for listening to come magnify the lord with me podcast please join becky dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you 
and may he greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following his word. <music>